You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Yes, Jesus. Well, this morning we... There's a whole lot of things that we get to do, and um, before I get into the testimonies of the Pakistan trip, and then I have a short message uh, for you that I am uh, entitling, uh, Counting the Cost. And I think, uh, I feel like it's, it's from Jesus, and it follows up the Pakistan testimonies rather well. But before we do that, one of the greatest privileges we get to do as a ministry is when somebody comes to us other other ministries or other or businesses because you know we call them business trees they're they're kingdom they're kingdom businesses there's seven uh if you go about i think it's lance wall now it talks about seven mountains of influence and and the church is just one mountain <laughs> there's six more mountains of influence and so it's important that the kingdom be like be like leaven when it gets in, it leavens the whole lump. In other words, in our terms, when, when kingdom business goes into, into places, into the other spheres of influence, the other mountains of influence, as they're called sometimes, then it, it actually gets into everything and begins to bring kingdom value and God's plan and purpose for those spheres of influence actually begins to manifest. Because without sons and daughters there, God's plan and purpose can't be carried out. And so when people come to us with their ministries or their business trees and they say, hey, we'd like to submit our ministry or our business to you. We'd like to essentially for you to be our, our overseer. Um, because in the kingdom, we submit to our king, right? Well, the true... The measuring stick of whether or not that's actually ha happening in my life is, is whether or not I actually submit to a man or woman that I can see. It shows whether I'm submitted to a God I can't see. <laughs> right? it's, just, it's just the way it works. And in, in this, in, in submitting, actually we get the privilege of serving that person that submits and empowering them, getting lower than them, and lifting them up, and together we'll go further than we ever could uh, by ourselves. That's why we submit our ministry to Global Awakening, That's, and others have come and, and submitted theirs to ours, and we get to, to oversee, and by this we do this kingdom thing together because it's one great big family ultimately, right? And so Rachel Hills has uh, brought her business to us, her business tree, and she wants us, because Rachel just went out on her own a couple months ago, um, decided to retire from her job that she had, and she had this dream and vision in her heart for some time, and she, she came to us and said, hey, I'd like, you, I'd like to be commissioned by you. And so, you know, Jesus, he commissioned the disciples in, in Matthew 28. We see the co-mission. And so we're doing this together with Jesus. And when he commissioned them, he laid hands on them. And when he laid hands on them, there was something powerful that took place. Because laying on of hands is a biblical principle. And when that happens, there's a transference 
from, from one person to another, from one ministry to another. It ultimately all comes from Jesus, right? Um, and in doing that, when we, when we are commissioned, we're going to commission Rachel today in her business. And when we do that, all we can do, all man can do is say yes and amen to what God has placed on your life. Like the anointing's there, the grace is there, the call's there, and we say, yes, we see it. We agree with heaven, uh, agree with you, and we're in this with you. You're not in this by yourself. And so I just wanted to give you kind of a little bit of explanation of what we are getting ready to do. And so leadership team, Rachel, will you, you guys go ahead and, and come up here? And as the family, we want you all to pray with us, join with us, because this is a, a family affair. And so as we, as we commission, you know, Rachel, some of the things that she said yes to when she submitted, she says, you know, when I submit one to another, I say, yeah, you can get up in my business. Uh, yeah, I'm confrontable. Yeah, I, I submit to godly principles and, and things that the Bible lays out that you guys live by in this house. Rachel's been doing that. She's honestly been doing that longer than I have, longer than I've been pastoring. So... Uh, <laughs> some of this is, is formality to me, but it's also very powerful and very important. And so thank you, Rachel, for allowing us this opportunity to be able to, to, be able to cover your business. And, and um, when this takes place, I believe that, as oftentimes happens, the breakthroughs and the things that we've seen and the influence and all that stuff is going to be transferred to your business, and it's actually going to take you further faster. And you're going you're gonna to outgrow uh, you're going to outgrow even the potential that you're dreaming about. Um, there's things that you're not dreaming. I feel like God's going to open up even in uh, the next few months for you. And um, there's so much more, so much more that he has for you than what's uh, written down as the vision right now. And I, and I also, also feel like that a lot, of the, a lot of the hesitation to even write some more stuff, as you were telling me about, that it's going to become easier and easier and easier for you to write um, because here, real quick, why don't you, can you just sum up in a couple minutes what your business is, the name and the, and the business, so that everybody has an explanation from you? Sure. Yeah, so <clears throat> um, the business is, has to do with books. So if you have a book in you and you know God's put it on your heart to do a book, <clears throat> um, I coach people to write books. I ghostwrite books. I edit books. If you've already got a manuscript prepared, I'll edit it whether that's a high-level high edit or a detailed edit, whatever it is that you need. Um, but So basically, the process of getting a book from your head to the physical thing you hold in your hand. That was perfect. Rachel was the key component. Yeah, that's... Please. Rachel was the, the key component and the encourager and, and one of the, the cheerleaders, so to speak, and did all the editing, ghostwriting. She did all that stuff to make, make my book possible. Um, so it's really important. If you're unfamiliar with ghostwriting, most of the people that you know and love and read their books that crank out a bunch of books, they're not writing them themselves. pastors and the people that you know that are in ministry that travel I thought how in the world they travel all the time and and write all these books it's because they're voice recording things and somebody else like Rachel that you'll never know about is is actually doing is actually doing all the legwork for it 
So it's a beautiful, it's, it's a beautiful partnership, and what she's doing is so valuable because books are, are time capsules that will far outlive us, right? And we'll, we'll minister to generations of people until Jesus comes back. That's why I love them so very much. So this, this, this business tree is so, so vitally important. And so we're going to gather around you and, and pray for you. And um, I believe that as we do, there's going to be just this powerful release, transference, and also like this new grace that you get. And we'll let some other people prophesy into that if you have some words that are relatively short because we... Uh, <laughs> and if you have longer words, this is what I encourage you to do. Any of you guys that get prophetic words for Rachel, would you write them down or voice record them and she'll have an email that you can send them to? Would you do that for her? Because prophetic words are that weapon that we fight with uh, when we don't see happening yet what God has promised to us. And so we all need that. When we're in the, we all need prophetic words, um, especially in, in business trees like this. So, Father, we thank you for, for Rachel. <laughs> we thank, you were just closest. We, we thank you, Father, for, for, for Rachel. We thank you for the privilege of getting to cover her. We thank you. We actually say yes and amen to everything that you've placed on our life. We say yes and amen to the anointing, the grace, uh, the call, uh, the vision, uh, everything for the business tree. Father, we thank you. We just bless the gifts. Uh, we bless the grace. We bless everything that's in her to do this. And we thank you for the increase right now, the transference from your kingdom, from your kingdom through this ministry that is ultimately yours to her and to everything that you've called her to. We thank you for it. And through the laying on of hands, we just bless each one of us. Bless her. We say we believe in you. We believe in you and we believe in everything that you are dreaming. We are behind you. And by us being behind you, we won't let you go backwards. We won't let you fall backwards. We will continually, gently encourage you to move forward in everything everything that you have been called to, everything the Father is dreaming, everything you are dreaming, all wrapped up in one beautiful ball of goodness. In Jesus' name, yeah, thank you, Father. Any of you guys want to want to pray? You don't have to give words. You can just pray over if you'd like. Father, thank you so much for the gift that you've put into Rachel. I thank you for the woman that she is, uh, that she is indeed a mother of this house. I pray your blessing upon her because words are so very important. It expresses to people what we feel in our hearts, what you've taught us, what you've shown us. Yeah, I thank you, my God, for living words that will come out of Rachel, the lives that will be forever changed because of things that she writes and puts into paper, whether she knows it or not, that are actually things, your thoughts, your desires, your will for people, helping all of us to be able to explain what you've put so deep in our hearts. And as a father of this house, Rachel, I bless you. I bless your ministry. 
I thank you for not only the woman that you are, but the friend that you are, the supporter. (laughs) You bring support and comfort. You bring stability. And personally, I thank you for that. I look in the room, and when I see Rachel, I smile. Yeah. Thank you for being the comfort zone. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Richard, I want to be in front of you. And as a mother of this house, I want to bless you. I want to tell you, you are such a beautiful daughter. I believe in you. I trust in you. And I'm just blessed all the successes that you have, that you're going to do. I'm so proud. I'm so proud. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a wonderful daughter, to be a good receiver. Now it's time to give. And I pray for your eyes to see and to have the eyes to see even the missing letter and any words. To be just like that, you will catch it up because it's going to be the lens of Jesus Christ seeing that he is the perfection, that you don't have to overwork. But I want to say that your brain has the wisdom and to be expanded. And most, the most wisdom of Jesus Christ is in you living. It's going to be perfected in perfection as how he is perfected. Then you don't have to overwork because he will give you the eyes to see as the seven more of the seven eyes to see and catch any missing letter or any, any little pieces in everywhere. So you're going to see it. You're going to see it. You're going to see it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I just want to prophesy into the business. Yeah. <laughs> um, I felt like this is this is a yes moment from the start. Um, it was Holy Spirit inspired, partnering with what the dream that was birthed in you, and it was a yes and a yes and a yes and a yes. And I felt like as you continue to say yes, um, Holy Spirit's already gone ahead, and um, I see it's already beginning to look bigger than what you expected, and I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying it's even bigger. Uh, as directional advice, I've heard consider team, consider a team and what that would look like as preparation for what's ahead. Um, and then uh, the, also, the other aspect I felt like I was hearing was that this is established on value and to maintain and to maintain and to keep from that value and that you don't ever have to compromise the value that you're bringing I think that has to do with dollar amounts specifically and uh, just probably more directional stuff that I don't know about but I feel Holy Spirit leaning into I just thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in the business. I thank you for the impact that she'll have. I thank you for the lives that will be transformed and changed because of the people that she interacts with that will then have an exponential effect for people reading. And I just thank you for the gift that you've put in her, the unique gift. (laughs) And I just bless it.
Jesus. Yeah, please. Thank you. Rachel has been with us for years. How many years have you been here now? Five? Six? Seven? Eight? Well, you started a low number, you just keep on going, you can't miss. Like, just go all the way to how long we've existed. So what a joy, what a joy. Yes, Jesus. Are you guys ready for some Pakistan testimonies? Come on. We, uh, I just got some more this morning. Donish just sent me more testimonies this morning, so I was just reading them. I got out of the house a little bit late because I was, I was transferring them over and uh, reading them and, and trying not to just lose my mind in a real good way. Um, so these are going to wreck you. So remember, these are... This is our, you're watching online, you're part of the Revive the World family, but you're part of the kingdom and all. This is our fruit, right? This isn't me and Matt, this is our fruit together. And so celebrate this like this is your fruit because it is. We did this as a family. And so we thank you for every, every penny, every prayer, every word of encouragement, everything that you did, every moment that you spent on your knees praying for us or driving or however you were praying. You guys were as much a part of this as we were. And so this is our fruit together. And there's a whole, whole lot to celebrate. And so we'll, we're going to start with a video. And some of you saw the interfaith meeting. Do you, somebody, raise your hand if you saw that on social media. So on social media, um, Instagram or, or, Facebook, or Facebook. Somebody shaking their head who posted it, actually. So, uh, <laughs> so now... Now, this is uh, all of it. You can show every single bit of it. It's, it's all good. So we'll go ahead and start with that video, if you would, please. موبائلی گھر کے باہر لوگ تب باتیں کرنا شروع کرتے ہیں جب گھر کے اندر کچھ مسئلے مسائل شروع ہو جائیں اور جب گھر کے اندر آپ جیسے ہم جیسے لوگ ہوں گے جو سر جوڑنا اور دل جوڑنا بھی جانتے ہیں پھر کچھ بھی نہیں ہوگا ہم ملک پاکستان اور پاکستان کے باسیوں سے بڑا پیار کرتے ہیں اور اسی لیے ہم یہاں پر موجود ہیں And we believe that though we speak different languages, and though we have different beliefs, that there's one language that unites us all. That there's one language that everyone in the world understands. And that's the language of love. 
It's a privilege for Pastor Tony and I to get to be here with you all. कहते हैं मेरे लिए और पास्टर टोनी के लिए एजाज है आज शाम आप सबके दरमियान आना. I'm humbled by the privilege of being able to meet all of you. और मैं अपने आप को पर एजाज जानता हूं कि आप सब से मिलने का मौका मिलता है. To proclaim that the power of love never fails. और इस बात का प्रचार आज शाम आपके दरमियान करना चाहते हैं कि मोहब्बत की कुवत कभी नहीं हार. Pastor Tony and I have come this whole entire way. कहते हैं कि मैं और पादरी टोनी साहब यहां पर आए हैं. Simply just to tell you that we love you. सिर्फ इस सादे पैगाम के साथ जो आज शाम आपको कह रहे हैं कि हम आपसे प्यार करते हैं. And we are proud and we are honored to stand with each one of you. और हम पुरफकर हैं कि हमें इस मुल्क में आप में से हर एक के साथ खड़ा होने का मौका मिला है. Yeah, bless you today. खुदा आप तमाम को बरकत. Those people that you see in that picture, there's only about 15% of us that were Christians were in that room. The rest of them were. Uh, from the largest Sikh and Hindu temple uh, in all of Karachi, which is the biggest city in Pakistan. So there are large temples, uh, high-ranking Muslim leaders, um, social activists that are desiring to see, obviously, peace in the, in the great nation of Pakistan. The ambassador of the United Nations of Pakistan was there. It's a big deal. So as, as you, you heard the majority of, of what we got to share, and I got to release a blessing of peace over them. And, and um, my gosh, it was the greatest privilege, one of the greatest privileges I've ever had in my life. Probably the greatest privilege I've ever had in, in ministry just because of what it stands for and how they welcomed us. And we were in um, two local newspapers with our pictures with those other leaders from other religions. They posted, we took, each one of them took a picture with us individually, and they posted those pictures to all their social media accounts. And um, so here's, here's some of, of those. That's just a glimpse of, of, of me in a suit, which you won't see very often. Um, here's just one picture of this uh, Muslim leader um, with uh, Matt and I. All of them gave their business cards to us. If you need anything, let us know. Um, that's... Uh, it's really special, you know, to be able to, to be a part of that. Americans don't get to be a part of that stuff. This is not normal what God has given us favor to be able to do. So if you show the next one, it's, uh, there's, there's a beautiful mat. And uh, then the next, <laughs> the next one, uh, you won't catch either one of us in a suit very often unless it's a wedding or funeral. So <laughs> get a good look. <laughs> Just telling you the truth. So that was, uh, we, you go back to the next one real quick. So this is, uh, this is the picture of all the leaders, and, uh, and, and, and this guy here wasn't, didn't know we were taking a picture. And uh, no, I'm not really sure. I just I assumed that because he wasn't looking. But uh, yeah, so amazing meeting. That's what we did when, when we touched down. Uh, there was actually an incident about 12 hours before we touched down um, that made things a little tense while we were there in, in the city of Karachi at the beginning because, you know, we were there during the month of Ramadan. April is the month of Ramadan, and so Muslims are fasting. Um, remember, Pakistan is 97% Muslim, um, and so they're fasting from 4 a.m. until dark. Um, so everybody's coming out at night, and all the restaurants are open till 4 a.m. And there were some real good deals at KFC. They're the Ramadan package meal, family deal. Like, so we got food... <laughs> Well, you, I, I just thought that was funny. So, um, 
<laughs> like they're definitely monopolizing. They're like Ramadan, you know, deal. And, you know, because obviously you fast all day, you're hungry. You done it before? Uh, <laughs> and so it, during the month of Ramadan, everything, it was just beautiful to be able to be there when people are seeking, they're seeking truth, right? And we found out that truth is a person and his name is Jesus. Amen. And so the, the first meeting that we did, if you click to that next picture, so Matt and I, just hold up on this picture just for a minute. You guys go ahead and laugh. So, so the reason that they put these hats on you and, and these is because, is because they do that to chiefs of tribes in Pakistan. They do that to chiefs of tribes in Pakistan. I just want you to let that settle in. This is in Karachi. It's in a church. The first meeting we, we did was in a church. Matt spoke. There were about 1,500 people there. Um, 750 upstairs, 750 downstairs. And we were, being, we were being projected downstairs on a screen, but we couldn't see them, unfortunately. Um, so this was a church meeting with all types of, of different people in it. Christians, Catholics, Muslims, Hindus, uh, all different kinds of people. So I just want to let you know, they, they honored us. So usually uh, they put the flowers, you know, which sometimes are, are fake or sometimes are real. It just depends. Uh, th then, so these guys, then they bring this plaque who has our, our names on it. Then they bring this cross. Then they bring a ring. Then they bring a watch. I mean, by the time they got to the watch, I just lost it. Like, if you've ever had somebody honor you and up in front of people that, that you should be honoring, it's, it's overwhelming to be honored like that. In our country, we, don't, we can't comprehend it because they do it in a different way. It's just a different culture, different way, and that's okay. We don't have to be like them. We can learn something from them, though. It's really, really powerful. I was so... I mean, I... I just, I, I was like, my gosh, you can go to the next picture um, and the next one, please. No, that's not of the, sorry. Yep, that's it. We're going to need to click back to the other picture later on when I get to the street meetings. I'm sorry, I put it in the wrong order. So this is just a, Matt preached that night. Like I said, 1,500 people there. There were a few hundred people. This trip wasn't evangelistic in nature. It was empowering leaders and pastors. And Matt, we saw a safe number would be 200 people born again that night. That would be a, that would be a safe number of what we gauged. Um, we saw, I don't know how many people healed, but hundreds healed and delivered from, from demonic oppression, demonic possession. Um, we saw a lot of people fall under the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you a funny story. So we're going and we're praying for people, and it's a different kind of prayer. You know, you don't always have a translator, and you're just... If you've never prayed for hundreds of people in one night, you're not stopping and spending five minutes with every person. You just can't. And so you're kind of blessing people. You stop and pray a little longer for somebody that's blind or crippled. You know, it just depends on what the situation is. And so we pray for this lady, and she goes out, and we, we just kind of help her down because they don't have catchers. Fortunately, she was, she was slim, and so it dropped her, you know, dropped her down on the floor real easy. And... Um, and people are looking at her, and, and they're looking at me, and I'm, I just give them a the thumbs up. She's fine. And we just keep on going. <laughs> An hour later, we're still praying for people. 
you know, an hour later, we're still praying for people, and they say, hey, Pastor Matthew wants you. No, nobody calls Matt Matthew but his mom and me when I'm in Pakistan and everybody else there. So <laughs> I don't even call Matthew over here. So they're like, Pastor Matthew wants you. And I go out to where they have this door because, you know, in, in Karachi right now, uh, then it was over, by noon, it's over 100 degrees. And so this is at night and it's hot. So they took this lady, the very same lady that fell out under the power of God, the Holy Spirit just bulldozed her. And uh, they had taken her outside and sat her in a chair. She had drool run, running down her face. She was gone. Like if you thought somebody looked at somebody that took sleeping pills, you, she was, and they thought she was dead. They said, we think she's dead. We don't know what to do. I said, have you checked her pulse? And uh, they're like, I don't know why I didn't think of that. And uh, I'm like, well, that's, that's a good one. They're like, does she have demons? And I'm like, here, just plead the blood of Jesus over. See if she manifests anything. Uh, nope. I said, I said, she's just out. Well, like in revival history, some people got knocked out under the power of God for, for a day or days. Lo long, long time. And they're always somewhere else. Heaven with Jesus encountering him, getting downloads, getting healed, all kinds of good things are happening when that happens. And so there's lots of it over revival history. And so she was still there when we were gone. I asked the pastor a couple days later when I saw him, I'm like, they get her home? And uh, he's like, yeah, we got her home. Because I had told him, I said, look, she's real little. Like, she's going to be real easy to carry out to the car and get to, your, <laughs> and get to the house. You know, I was just, you know, glass half full. And... Um, so it was, it, was a, it was amazing what we were seeing God do. Lady on a walker, her knees were, were healed and was able to walk by herself. I mean, come on. Uh, a young boy that was, we need to check back with his mom. Uh, he was born blind, and he started to actually see light in the times that we, we prayed for him. And um, so that was amazing, beginning of a breakthrough. And uh, so that was incredible. Will you go to the next picture, please? So this is the mere precaution. So we did that meeting. Uh, we got done with that meeting. We got back to the hotel about 2.30 in the morning. Uh, we left at 4 a.m. for this meeting. That was four and a half hours away. And, you know, you sleep an hour. You're just like, okay, let's, let's roll. And um, so we drove out to Mir Prakas. I told you guys about this conference, but for people who didn't hear before, this was in the middle of about 25 small, small cities. And... This building, it would have been just as shocking to pull up to uh, a target out there as it was to pull up to this building because it's beautiful. Because this is through the villages and surrounded. So we, we were able to provide buses for, there were over 1,500 people there because the pastors that are coming from villages, they, the only form of transportation they have is their feet. And so they were able to, over 1,500 pastors and leaders and one lady you'll hear about in a minute that I don't know how she got there, but I'm glad she did. And um, so those are, if you don't know, that's Pastor Donish. That's Pastor Anita, his wife. Uh, Aurelia is the little cutie right there. That's Aiden. And uh, that's Israel. Uh, they had just woken him up from a nap. And uh, <laughs> so he wasn't completely coherent. Will you go to the next picture, please? And so this is a picture of the place. Wow, isn't that beautiful? I'm like, man, they really, really... So there were people that came from as, as far as 10 hours away to come to this, to, to this conference. Um, Matt was able to speak at the first session, 
and uh, he went after suicide and saw, uh, I don't know how many people, uh, pastors and leaders that stood and, and appeared to us as if they got free. And um, so we have some testimonies about that later too. So we saw a bunch, a bunch of people. We did corporate healing and we saw probably 250 or more people physically healed in moments that could tell their conditions. You know, you're not going to the hospital there unless you got money. And so it was, they were really, really hungry to come that far, to be encouraged, to be empowered. And when I started out the second session, I had Aiden, who's the five-year-old. Uh, I felt like that I, had, I had a word of knowledge uh, about somebody who had been in a motorcycle accident that had a spinal cord injury. And immediately on the left, this guy pops up and um, he had a guy with him who understood some English. And he says, hey, it's him. And he brings him up front, and I said, hey, Aiden, will you help me? Uh, five years old, and Aiden's just amazing. All, the, all of their kids are amazing. Um, and so I said, hey, will you help me? Will you pray? And I just had him repeat this short prayer after me, and Jesus heals the man of the spinal cord injury. He'd been in complete pain. There it is right there. There's the guy. And uh, he, he's able to move and do things he couldn't do. And I'm like, wow, spinal cord injury, your first healing. After this, there's a moment in every trip, in, in all these trips, there are several moments that the tr whole trip is worth it. You look for one moment and say, I would have went for this. I would have went for Aiden praying for him right there. I would have made the whole trip just for that because you saw him. He's already vibrant and lively and got fire in him, but he came alive in a new way. He was praying for his little sister, his mom, his grandma. He was praying for everybody. This, this kid... I'm telling you what, it lit him up, and uh, I'm like, wow, so watch out, devil, you are in trouble, this little boy is on fire, little revivalist, so yeah, super powerful, um, no, we prayed, uh, we prayed for, at the end, we did a corporate prayer for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire to come. And 75% or more, so about a thousand of them were baptized in the Holy Spirit in fire. <laughs> a thousand leaders baptized afresh in the Holy Spirit in fire? Like you know what that, you, you saw what 120 did to the world. There's a thousand of them. My gosh. And then we did an altar call and prayed for 500 or thousand people one-on-one -on -one and saw I mean just people getting rocked there was a guy who was paralyzed on one whole side uh, couldn't lift his yeah couldn't go upstairs couldn't lift his leg uh, had a walker and was able to walk up the stairs and just I, we prayed for him a se uh, the second time we saw a little bit of breakthrough prayed a second time and I went up the stairs to help him and he was already across the stage I'm like, I'm like, hold on, wait up. He was gone. So Jesus healed that man. It was amazing. And if you show the next picture, is the next picture, next one, please, right there. So this lady, don't know how she got in, um, and, but glad she was there. She got delivered from demons, uh, gave her life to Jesus, got born again, and got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Wow. Oh, wonder. that's, come on. That's a one-stop shop right there. Full package deal. That's way better than the corner market. Come on. That's, so that was, that was powerful. Um, another guy that was paralyzed on the right side was able to lift it. I watched him lift it. He, 
He's like, couldn't move his arm. Bam, lifts his arm up. I'm like, yes, Jesus. So tons of people that encountered the Lord visibly, you saw them, um, just got lit up. And so if you go to the next picture, this is the very next evening. So we made that trip, drive back that night. Uh, Mirpacos was, I think that day was 116 degrees, 117 wow. degrees, something like that. I left a bottle of water in the car, went back out to the car, um, however many hours later, grabbed the bottle of water that was on the floor, and it was hotter than I liked my coffee. Wow. <laughs> I thought, I probably shouldn't drink this. So the, so the next, they planned this very well. Donish and his team at Grace Network, my gosh, they planned all this, all the work that they did, the professionalism, how they do everything. It was, it, it was amazing. So Matt... General's birthday was this day. This was on Saturday. So we got to celebrate his birthday in Pakistan. He, I have it on my calendar as I do with all my close friends as a yearly reminder. And I tell Donish, I said, hey, it's, it's Matt's birthday. And that's all I said. And Donish just took it from there. So let me tell you this first. 1,700 seats, 1,700 people registered, 2,300 people showed up. Sitting across the front, sitting down the aisles. Because of that, we weren't able to lay hands on people because I told them, I said, look, it's just not going to be safe for you guys. We care about you. And remember, and reminding them, you, you don't need me to lay hands on you. You need, you need Jesus to, to lay his hands on you. And, and, um, and he definitely did. So 2,300 people, the place was completely, completely packed. I don't know if I've been in... A, now, they were hungry in Mirpakos, in Karachi. They were probably... It was off the charts and the hunger that you could feel in the room. They are hung, as hungry as any group of leaders that I've ever been with, um, if not more so. Um, so I was able to, to I did the teaching at this conference. Uh, I used the three chairs, uh, different teaching, um, but we talked uh, a lot about competition versus celebration and orphan mentality versus sonship. And then I was able to share in, the, in another session uh, the vision that I had in 2016. I didn't share it last trip. Um, I, it was when the, I know that Lindsay and I and Owen and Nikki were all out at Bethel when I, I got this vision. Owen helped give me confirmation of the, of the vision. And um, I was waiting for an opportunity to share it. And I felt like I was supposed to share it then, not on the first trip. And I had to worded a little bit differently um, because of the, the nature of it. And essentially what it is, is I saw um, Jesus impacting the political realm, the religious realm, and, and the world's culture. That's the short version of it. And that's when Pakistan was put on my radar. That's when I saw a Pakistani flag. It's when uh, God, I encountered God at, at Bethel, and he gave me a whole lot of other stuff. And, so, and, and I knew then that this was the beginning of something something much different than what I was considering in my life. And so when I shared the vision with them, they went crazy. And you could just feel hope go through the roof. And I'm like, yeah, Jesus. Because I, I said, look, like this vision isn't, this isn't for me. This is for us. This is for your nation. This is our vision. This is what Jesus is doing here. This is his plan. This is his purpose. I just happen to be the one that gets to deliver it. And be, be in, we get to be in this with you guys. And so that was in, incredible. Before we, we go any further, let's go to 
the next one. Matt's birthday celebration. Look, they put a Revive the World and 420 logo on these cakes for Matt. They also put his family, the 420 family, and his friends on Zoom on that great big screen that you saw behind there. That's a, it's a ginormous screen. They had, so there they are back there. There's Matt and them. Uh, there's his mom, dad, his brother. Uh, Brandy and Conrad are in there, Jeff McClinic, you just can't see all them guys. I don't know how many of them, Clay Orner, all them guys were, uh, I think Joe Miller was on there and his wife, Kimmy and them. So I'm like, wow, you guys really, I mean, it was, it was so incredible. So, um, yep, we'll go on to the next thing. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, go back real quick. Will you go back to... I'm sorry, that was the Sunday church. Let me give you the rest of the testimonies. When we started the service, uh, Matt and I had words of knowledge on deafness and tumors. Hard to tell whether tumors are, get healed in some instances. Actually, they were specifically brain tumors. Multiple people stood up for brain tumors, and, and I don't know how many people stood up for deafness, and all that had deafness were healed in a moment. We don't know how deaf they were, but we know that deafness was, was gone in a moment. Jesus healed it. And um, so I'm like, come on, Jesus. Matt prayed at the end for addiction, all sickness, disease to be healed. And people were encountering the Lord powerfully, visibly uh, getting rocked by the Holy Spirit. It was, it was amazing. And then we prayed for, um, I felt like it's time for, for a revival of the Father's, Father's fiery love. And we prayed for a baptism of fire. There was a theme here. Remember last time we went... There was the baptism of love. This time was a baptism of fire. And we watched 2,000 plus leaders get baptized in the, in the Holy Spirit and fire. That place was electric. Like what God was doing, how the Holy Spirit came. And they are ignited in new ways. Um, so again, you're talking about over 2,000 leaders. What's God going to do through their lives? Come on, Jesus. It was amazing. So... Uh, again, we weren't able to lay hands on people, but it was, it was a powerful, powerful time. So, so many testimonies came in from pastors that said, we are encouraged. We are ignited with hope. We can't wait till these guys come back. Thank them for, for coming. Um, so, we were able to be an encouragement, refreshing to them, which is what we all need, especially as leaders within the church. And so that was just a real privilege to be able to serve them. We did some other meetings uh, while we were there. And Sunday Church is one of them. Um, so if you'll go to the next picture, please. To Yeah, right there. Pastor BM George, um, he doesn't go by bishop, but a bishop is quali you're qualified to be a bishop by having 20 churches. He has 21. He just doesn't desire the, the title. Um, and so that day I got to speak at his church on Sunday morning. Matt spoke at a different church. I got to actually serve communion with him. If you'll go to, uh, so there's, there's his church, one side of it. There's us getting to serve communion together. I'm like, man, this is amazing. So we just happened to be there uh, on the first Sunday. If you go to the next picture, we watched that day. Everybody that could tell if they were healed like they had a physical symptoms of something needle healed, 100% of them were healed that day. 100% pain left, deafness left, whatever it was, 100% of it. 
And uh, this little boy right here was, he was, he is getting, if I got, sl- I caught him because he's so little. I just grabbed him. You, you know, sometimes it's better to stay up and get more. But uh, he, he, I don't know, he may be six, six, five, six years old, and the Holy Spirit just all over him. That always encourages me when, uh, when the Holy Spirit comes on anybody, but especially on little kids. So if you could keep going, please. Yep, that's a, we did a, a sideways street meeting, if you've ever seen one of those. Make you dizzy, keep your eyes closed a lot. Um, so if you, if you look closely, you see those sleeves are not normally that dark. Um, so that's gross, I know. But uh, that was night too. <laughs> so at, um, actually, I'm going to tell you about a street meeting that we did before that picture that was at the beginning that shouldn't have been that I put there. Um, so Matt spoke at a meeting on Sunday night in an area that has really, really been oppressed uh, by drugs and alcohol and witchcraft, and a, and a lot of people have uh, OD'd and suicide and things like that. And he was able to, to share the gospel there and saw probably 20 or 30 people get born again, and a lot of healing and deliverance took place also uh, in those I'm kind of vague with some of the what happened specifically in the meeting because we don't always get testimonies right then. We just get people that are saying, hey, I was healed, pain left my body, and we don't always get specifics, but I have some specifics for you in just a minute. So Matt spoke Sunday night, then we got to minister Monday night at a street meeting. I was able to speak there, and that was the one that you see right there. And we saw 50 or so people get born again, and hundreds of people got set free and healed. If you were at the Deliverance with Honor conference, I've ever since we did that prayer at the end, I had that prayer model that I felt like was Holy Spirit led, cutting soul ties, renouncing things, shutting doors, forgiving people. I thought, I'm going to try this out. Let's see what happens. Because I'm like, I'd like to do it in a crusade. <laughs> I'm like, let's try it on this crowd. I felt like I was supposed to. You know, it wasn't, wasn't just an experiment, but it kind of. And so we had all of them. I explained to them what soul ties is. I'm like, look, we came too far not to be real. Let me tell you how this happens. And, you know, so, you know, talking about sex outside of marriage. Also, I'm like, just look here. This is for you to get free. No shame in any of this. And every one of them prayed this prayer. And every single one of them said that they felt something leave. You got hundreds of people in moments that are saying, yes, I just experienced freedom. I'm like, it works. It works. I'm like, it works. I'm like, I can't wait till we have tens of thousands of people in, uh, in a place. So healing deliverance got to, that night, um, got to see a lot of people that had been sexually abused and raped um, really speak to their hearts. Didn't have them stand, uh, didn't want to put them out there like that. Were able to speak over them like a father, release the father's love to them. You can see vis- visibly people just, just crying and um, so it was, it was powerful, uh, a powerful, powerful time. There was a lady who, if you want to keep going with those, those pictures, that lady right there uh, got completely healed, uh, all the pain in her body uh, during the last prayer um, and during the corporate prayer. And if you go to the next one, this, uh, well, actually, let's stay there for a second. So this lady in the middle of the crowd, when Matt's praying, she starts to manifest 
the other spirit uh, manifests a demon and not, not Holy Spirit. And, you know, Matt and I look at each other because you're like, what do you do? And we agree that you're not, you know, like, let's not stop the whole thing for one. And um, let's you crowd. I'll focus on, on this when you focus on the crowd so that there's not a distraction. Because sometimes it's a distraction to the devil wants all the attention, yeah. right, to stop what's going on. Because that stop for the one thing, it's, it's great theologically. But in a corporate setting, sometimes the devil's like, if I can get you to do that, I can get you completely distracted from everything. And then everybody else misses out on, on because, of the, uh, because of this. Right. And it wasn't stopping for the one. It was stopping for the devil. <laughs> There's a difference. And so discernment, I mean, if you're making these decisions, you're like, Holy Spirit's really good on the spot, so you don't have to worry. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not depending on my, own, on my own advice here. And so from the stage, about 20 feet away, I'm like, let's see if this works. I'm like, I think we, you can get delivered from, you know, from here. And so I just start praying. And bam, Jesus sets her free. And I wasn't praying out loud, just praying silently. Because what's your faith level at? Do I have to lead them through the prayer model? Do I have to be there with them? Do I have to play hands on them? What, do, I have, do I have to do all these things for them to get free? Because Jesus didn't do any of that stuff. And my faith, my beliefs needed to go to a higher level because in that, in that culture, you see demons manifest. You don't always have, you can't always use a prayer model. Music's blaring. Things are loud. If you're not good at, you know, under pressure, you're in trouble. You'll be a mess. And so you need to be able to, to pivot and say, Holy Spirit, what's your model? And so watch this lady get set free from 20 feet away. I'm like, yeah, Jesus, come on. So my beliefs went higher that night. And, um, and she, the best thing was that she got free. So this lady, now next one, please, thank you. And so this lady got healed while I was teaching. And Jesus came and healed her uh, from arthritis in all of her joints. And she got wrecked with joy. When she came up, she looked like a light bulb. She was glowing. And she was so, she's, I just got filled with joy uh, when you were teaching. I'm like, yes, Jesus. And so powerful testimony. Um, and so many more people got healed. But you go to the, to the next one, please. I don't remember what we have next. So this is um, right before you can just, if you would, you can leave that up there. Because um, that's the clean water hand pump that you guys, everybody contributed, that contributed, contributed to planting in a village that has never had clean water before. Um, but the last day that we were there on Tuesday, we did uh, recordings with Donish and um, some, some other things for satellite and some, some promo stuff. And we weren't able to go to the village and see this hand pump go in. Because while we were in Mirpakos, which was, is relatively close to the village, um, we had to apply with the government to actually go to Mirpakos so that they can put a tail on us while we're there. For us, because Americans, especially Caucasian Americans, don't go to that part of, of Karachi, or to that part of Pakistan, I'm sorry. So it wouldn't have been safe for the village for us to go there, because then they know Americans have, have been there. And so he's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I, want, I care about their safety. I don't need to be there. Just take pictures. It's still getting planted, right? That's what the goal is. So they made this little pack that says, uh, plaque that says, donated by Revival World Ministries and, and Grace Network. And um, if you go to the next picture... There's a, a little boy that uh, he, he's, uh, you may not know that, he's actually not a part of the village. He's actually uh, his dad's, one of his dad's workers that helped put in the hand pump. <laughs> if you question putting your kids to work at eight, you're, you're okay. So, uh, 
So here's a little girl drinking water, clean water for the first time in her life. Come on. In this next picture, they capture these moments. Sorry, next one, please. That one right there. A little boy bathing in clean water for the first time in his life. Come on. Jesus. Uh, that one they had to go 250 feet for. Just depends on where they are. And, and Rich's question was as how far do you have to go. Sometimes it's 100 feet. Sometimes it's 200 feet. Sometimes it's further. The further they have to go, the, the higher the price goes. Further, it's just, you know, um, the way it works. But, yeah, they're, they'll always get to water. <laughs> it just depends on where it's at. So um, is there another one? Did you just change it? Yeah. So great. They did a great job. Grace Network team did a great job of capturing these. My gosh, is there any left? Is that the last one? Ah, this is the last night. They took us out to eat with Donish and Anita's family. So Donish's sisters, Anita's sisters, brother-in-laws, and, uh, the, and this is Sonny. Um, he's like family. Um, we call him uh, Google Maps because he doesn't have to use Google. He can take anywhere in Pakistan. Well, GPS doesn't always work well in, in, in Pakistan. Satellite doesn't always, always work that well. So Sonny is the, the driver that I can sleep in the car with. He's a safe driver. He's amazing. And so the rest of them are, are family. Donish's mom and dad, Anita's mom, uh, mom also. So just a great way to end the trip. Um, so let me share a few more testimonies that I just got this morning. Um, four pastors who wanted to commit suicide, confessed with their mouth, and returned back to Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Four pastors. Yes, clapping is appropriate. Remember what you celebrate, you set yourself up to see. So, a woman with arthritis healed, and the Lord healed and turned her bones that were crooked and made them straight. Come on, Jesus. A young boy who could barely see got healed and received 20-20 vision. <laughs> there were six testimonies. I don't know what kind of tumors, but six testimonies of tumors that disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Lord. Uh, he said that the Lord restored many pastors and leaders ministries who wanted to quit. Come on. That was at the conference. As you see, hope ignited and, and people, they want to continue on. Hope is one of the most powerful forces there are on the earth, right? Uh, and so, migraines healed, mental and brain problems were healed in people. Come on, Jesus. Uh, pain left lots of people. And a woman that said she was raped in the word from me and the Lord, which came on her, restored her emotions in her heart. Come on, Jesus. I can almost guess which person it was. And I was talking about in that Monday night street meeting. Sometimes you just get to see a highlight of something that's happening. And I'm like, Jesus, come on. We, we gauged that around 290 people were born again on this trip. Uh, around f over 500. Over 500 delivered. Over 600 healed. 
received miracles and over 3,000 baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. Come on, Jesus. Yes, Lord. <laughs> I'd say that's a, that's, a, that's a good week. That's a good week for the kingdom. It's a good week. My gosh, our next trip is in September. Uh, end of September, beginning of October. We already announced the crusade. Pray with us on where we're supposed to, to do it at. We're praying about which ground we're supposed to do it on. We're also going to do a pastor training. But we're going to pivot and shift things a little bit and do a pastor's training that's more intimate. About 100 just pastors, no other leaders in a, in a conference room and do five or six sessions with them. Some more hands-on stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's other people coming with us, a couple people that are coming with us. Um, that are yet to be determined um, or yet to be named. I already know who they are. But <laughs> um, so yeah, continue to pray about just giving one-time gifts or partnership. The Lord puts it on your heart. You're like, okay, I want to give over and above tithe. I want to start doing offering and, and just see what the Lord says. But most importantly, pray with us, you know, because this is our, we're doing this thing together. So let me talk to you. Will you give me about 10 more minutes? Will you give me 10 more minutes to share a word with you? I know we've been super encouraged. I want to, I want to tack something on to the, the end of this, and then I want to get you out to this, this beautiful day. Um, but I want to turn your attention quickly to uh, Luke 14, in verses 25 through 33. And I feel like that this is... So, one of the things that that we each and every single one of us get to do. One of the things that I get to do in my life is I get to be a trophy of God's grace and I get to be an example to other people just as you do of what God can do with one surrendered life. Like if you, you read my book, the world would have disqualified me a long time ago. You heard my story, you know I would have been disqualified, but God, right? And so when you look at one of our lives and you know our history and you say, well, look, God stepped in, he's the one that made it possible, it's okay to say, yeah, I'm an example of what God can do with one life. It's not cocky. It's just being assured that it's the grace of God that empowers me to live. Right? Some people get uncomfortable with that. That's good. That's okay. You don't have to worry. You know, that's not true humility to act like I'm not an example of God's goodness and grace. It's false humility that, that comes from a religious thing that says, oh, to act like uh, I'm nothing, and he's everything. Yeah, that's, that's true. I'm nothing without him, but with him, I, I have everything. And he's made me amazing, and that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right for you to say that. You know, Brandy Lake says in, in a song, he says, okay for, for you to say that, that I'm what you've always dreamed of. I'm what you've always dreamed of. It's okay. You're his creation. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing that I get to other people, and they hear my story, and I say, and then they see what we're doing. They're like, you just shake your head because you know it's, it's got to be some supernatural force that's doing it. <laughs> if they don't know it's Jesus, they're like, this has got to be something. I'm like, yeah, it is something, someone. And so in, in doing that, I feel like that each one of us um, have the privilege along with the responsibility of, of what it looks like to, to count the cost. There's a difference between being a disciple of Jesus and being, being saved. Being saved means I'm going to heaven, right? If it's the only deal going, like, sign me up. 
I did sign up a long time ago, and I wasn't sure there was a whole lot more to it. <laughs> I knew that I was going to heaven. I'm like, yes, Jesus. I feel like I'm free from drugs. I don't even know how it happened, but I know Jesus did something, and he's pretty amazing in my book, you know? That's about as much as I knew. And then you start to unravel the package deal that comes with, with this, and it's a whole lot more than going to church on Sunday. It's about my life actually surrendered to him. And so Jesus says this in Luke 14, 25. It says, now a great multitude went with him, and he turned and said to them, have you noticed when there's a whole bunch of people that gather to Jesus, he turns around and says something that's offensive? <laughs> He's like, eat my flesh and drink my blood, otherwise you can't be my disciple. And then a bunch of people left. Well, this wasn't quite as offensive, but it ranks a close second. And he says, now a great, uh, uh, in verse 26, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, mother, wife, and children, brothers and sisters... Yes, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. So that word hate is a mistranslation, really. It's, it would be better translated lesser love. It's not like hate like we think of, like, i got to hate my family to follow Jesus. No, that's ridiculous. So it's a lesser love. It means that it, it's part of what it means is that I get to lay down all lesser lovers at the feet of Jesus and exalt him above everything. He's my numero uno. Right? He's my number one. He's the center of everything. My world revolves around him. He is, as long as I have him, I have everything. If I lost all the rest of him, I have him, I have everything. Yes, I'd be hurt. Yes, I'd be broken. Yes, I'd need healed. But as long as I have Jesus, I have everything I need. That's what he's saying. He's, he's trying to teach us something here. He's saying, if, 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 you don't less, if you don't love them less than you love me, you can't be my disciple. Doesn't say you can't be saved. He's just saying you can't, if you don't love them less than you love me, you can't be my disciple. I'm like, whoa, Jesus. I remember somebody coming to me about 2008 and they're like, what's this mean? I'd never read it before. I've only been saved about over a little over a year. He says, what's this mean? It says I got to hate my family. I'm like, that can't be right. Let's get, in the, let's, let's get it in this concordance. The Strong's concordance then didn't fit in your phone. It was so big you could, you could use it as a weapon. I've got one back there. It's this big. If you threw it at somebody, you'd knock them out. It's giant. So you're like, open this. You open this thing up. You needed a big table to lay this thing on. And so I'm like, let's find this Greek word. Lesser love. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can get with that. Because this guy was getting ready. He's like, I can't do that, getting ready to walk away from Jesus. I'm like, I get it. <laughs> right? And so... I got excited and turned the page. So if I don't love them less, I can't be a disciple of Jesus. Verse 27, and whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. If you don't die to yourself, whole life, surrender it all, you can't be my disciple. Doesn't say you can't be saved. There's a choice here. He's just saying you can't be my disciple. He's not condemning us. He's not shaming us. It's not a guilt trip. It's not manipulation. He's just saying... Can't be my disciple. Okay. Verse 28. For which of you, intending to build a tower or a house, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? I'm going to stop right there. Jesus is saying, let me share something with you about this kingdom, about what you're signing up for. There's a cost to it. And you get to decide what you're going to pay. But the exchange is a life for a life. He gave his so that I would know that I'm supposed to give mine. That it's actually a part of my new nature to want to lay down this whole life. That I actually have to 
consciously choose to live out of what would be sin nature or old nature to not want to surrender my whole life. I have to give in to my emotions and selfishness that's supposed to be dead if I am going to choose not to surrender my whole life. I'm sorry, was that too like up in your business? <laughs> like this, this, this right here stung me deep, right? Because I'm like, okay, Jesus, I, I, I see what you're saying. And I remember early on thinking, what's the cost of this? What's the cost of this? Because you know what? It doesn't, it doesn't cost me much to come to church on Sunday. It doesn't cost me much, really, to in this country to be saved. It doesn't cost me much. And then he started to explain to me. He started to ask me, actually, as he was explaining to me, what are you willing to... What are you willing to pay? What are you willing to pay so that, so that people's lives can be changed? What are you willing to pay so that there's a, a possibility of generations being changed? Are you willing? This is the one that really got me. Are you willing to allow your life to be a seed that falls into the ground and brings a harvest that you may never see? Most of us like to see the results, right? I like results. I like to be able to say, yeah, we saw this many. It's not for me. It's for the glory of Jesus. But I like to see fruit. We've been in this long enough to know that you don't always see fruit immediately. And that's okay. But I like it when we get to see fruit, don't you? I like it when I pray for somebody and we get to see Jesus heal them right then. I like it when we pray for somebody and we get to see Jesus set them free right then, Right? I like to be there in the part of the process that says, okay, now this person is actually ready to, to give their life to Jesus. I like to be there in that moment. But that doesn't always happen. So this is, so somebody asked me, somebody asked me the other day, the other night at Revive School of Transformation graduation, they asked me this. They said, hey, is, is Pakistan, like, when you're there, is it, like, are you in fear? of your life? Like, are you, are you afraid that you could, you know, they're just, you know, not saying it, but they're kind of like beating around the bush. You, you, uh, was Joe, I think you were present during this. They're like, is, is it dangerous? I'm like, I'm th I thought to myself later on, you know, I explained to them this situation. I'm like, that's not actually the million dollar question, whether or not it's dangerous. Because that can't be that, that can't be the for, in the forefront of my mind. The only question that really truly matters is, he, is he asked me to go? Did he say go? Did he say yes? Did he, because when, when you and I, I believe that all of us in this room probably did this, more than likely, is when you said yes to Jesus, you said you can have my whole life. So then everything he actually said after that for you to do, there was, yes, oh yes, there's my choice of, Oh, yeah, I have a choice. I, I love that. But you know what? When I gave my yes to Jesus, the choice actually was already made when I said yes. So I would like to know what I'm signing up for. <laughs> That's not faith. <laughs> That's not faith at all, right? And, and, and that's okay. 
If you're out of place where you're like, I'd like to see it first. But can I tell you something? That it's likely that you won't see most of what you said yes to. And some of the things you are going to have this reaction in your mind, but not in your heart that says, I'm not sure I want to do that. I'm not sure I want to go there. You have no idea the mental warfare that we have faced to go the places that we get to go. You just don't know. Because you just see this. You don't see what goes on inside of here. And in those moments, I get to remind myself that my, yet, my yes to you is the only thing on the table. That my choice has already been made. He doesn't even have to ask me all. He can tell me. Right? Some of us don't like to be told what to do. Jesus, tell me. Some of us do like to be told what to do. You Actually, some of us would prefer Jesus tell us. <laughs> Wouldn't that be easier sometimes? Because sometimes he trusts you in situations. That's another, that's another conversation. Sometimes he gives you, you know, he's like, hey, I trust you. You're mature. You'll make a good decision. But when it comes to places that we go and the things that he has assigned us for, just tell me and I'll go. I'll say yes. Because I've counted the cost. Lindsay and I, the team here, we've counted the cost and we say it's worth it. Any price that could be paid. I really don't have anything that I can pay with but my life. Does that mean that I've got to be a martyr for Jesus? No. It just means that I need to have the mentality that says, yes, I give my life. I lay it down. I'll close with this. You know that in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it's familiar to all people that have any kind of Pentecostal charismatic culture, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Right? The disciples are talking about, hey, when's the kingdom coming? Jesus is like, hey, don't worry about that. It's not, not any of your business. Stay in your lane and listen to what I got to say here. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses. I'm not entirely sure. My opinion is, is that they church that word witness up because actually what it is in the Greek is the word martus, which is where we get our English word martyr from. You shall be witnesses. In other words, he's saying, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the only choice that you're going to want to make is to lay your life completely down for me. Because you're going to find out in that moment that the power of my Spirit comes upon you. You're going to fall in love with me in a way that says, I, my life is not my own. I give it. I don't even care what the cost is. What's it matter? <laughs> What's it matter what it costs me? Right? The most it could cost me is this life. That's the most. That's it. That's all. What I pay to have life? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> and so when I freely lay my life down, that fear and torment and and fear of death and the things that the devil comes at you with and what about this and what if this and what if this happens all that stuff gets canceled out and his and his voice gets silenced in our minds and he can't mess with me anymore because he says oh well you're going to be hurt or you're going to be killed and then you just say i'm already dead <laughs> my life's not my own i don't care 
I don't care in a way that's responsible, not in a way that's irresponsible. And in every situation, I ask a question that Leif Hetland told me to ask. In every situation I'm in in the Middle East, he said, what's wise and what's unwise? But more importantly, ask this question first. What does love require of me in this situation? And so that's the question. What does love require of me in this, in this situation? What does love require of me in this life? If you will, stand with me. I think that this is just a good reminder, right? I know I'm in a room full of people who have said yes to Jesus, like you've given your life. But because of the culture we live in, and there's not very much of a price to be paid in our culture, it's a good reminder to know what I signed up for, what I get to do. Sarah was singing today, they're not have-tos. They're not have-tos. This is what I get to do. It's my privilege, my honor to lay my life down that he has given me, that I paid nothing for, that I received freely with even the faith that he gave me. And I get to give it back to him and say, you use it for your glory. The American dream of me getting all the stuff and having all those things, that's great. Get that. Leave a financial inheritance to your family. But that could or could not be squandered. You have no idea. That could or could not add eternal value to generations of people. What I guarantee will is our lives laid down. Of being an example of what it looks like to be fully surrendered. Saying you can have my whole heart and you can have my whole mind. You can have it all, Jesus. I give it to you. You do whatever you want with it. <laughs> I'll go wherever you say go. I'll do whatever you say do. I'll say whatever you want me to say. That's the prayer I prayed 15 years ago. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll say whatever you want me to say. I read this Isaiah 6. Isaiah was saying, here I am, send me. I didn't have a clue. I didn't know about King Uzziah. I didn't know, any, I didn't know any, any historical context. I didn't know who Isaiah was. I couldn't have told you he was a prophet. I was led to this prayer, and he prayed it, and I felt like in my heart I was just compelled to pray this. Here I am, God, send me. You know what? We need a whole lot of missionaries right to this nation right here. Sometimes you think, oh God, where are you going to send me? Sleep in the dirt in Africa? Because there were some places that weren't on my list, right? I'm like, I don't want to go here, here, here. I don't want to sleep in a hut. I don't want to, right? You ever thought that? You're like, I don't know about giving you my whole life because you might send me somewhere I don't want to go. He'll give you a love for those people. He'll give you a desire in your heart. You'll be so passionate about it when he bursts it inside of you that you won't be able to not go. But being someone who surrenders their life to Jesus doesn't mean that i got to go across the ocean. It means that I go right to my family first, my neighborhood, my workplace, right here in these streets. They need to see what it looks like for someone to be fully surrendered right here, right? We do our own mission trips to the mall all the time. <laughs> you ain't got to go far. And so what I want to do today is pray. And in your own way, you tell him, if that's, if that's what you feel like you need to do, you tell him, this life is completely yours. You have my yes. It's the only thing on the table. And with that, I feel like there's going to be a baptism of fire that comes. And the Holy, when the baptism of fire comes, when you're burning like that, you're just, everything else becomes lesser loves to him. 
And so, Father, we thank you. I thank you for a room full of people, people watching that are willing to say yes to you, that are willing to count the costs and say, yes, it's worth it, and then put the cost in the rearview mirror and say, I don't even care how much it costs me. I'm not going to think about it. Again, I counted it once, and that was enough. You're worth this life. And so right now, each one of us that need to, like I know I do all over again, I give you my yes. I put it on the table and it's the only thing there in all the days of this little life that you have numbered, I give to you. We lay our lives down as an offering on the altar We lay our lives down as an offering on the altar. We say, send down fresh fire today. Send down the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire today. Jesus, would you come and begin to baptize people in your fire, the fire that's in your eyes, the fire that that we need of the Holy Spirit to burn all the days of our lives for you to get around others and see them burn, to ignite people and destroy darkness and ultimately show the world that you are in love. You are in love with them. You are in love. You are in love with them. So as we do this, Father, I pray that we fall in love with you all over again today if the relationship has become stagnant, if we have become complacent, that there's no condemnation or guilt or shame for that. It happens to all of us. But that you would give us fresh fire and that you would give us this hunger, this hunger for you, this hunger for the things of you and ultimately we would take our choice off the table except for yes to everything you ask of us. Yeah, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We receive everything that you have for us in this moment. Fill, fill, fill. Flood us with all, all that you have for us today, Father. Flood us with all that you have for us today, Father. We say yes to it all. We thank you for it. We give you every part of our minds, every part of our souls. We thank you that you are growing us up into mature sons and daughters that care most about what I heard a dear friend say yesterday, care most about what's on your heart, Jesus. What's your heart? What does your heart's desire for this nation and the nations of the world? We want to be a part of it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for shifting things in our life. Thank you for helping us to lay down every lesser lover at your feet. You can take care of them way better than we can. 
we thank you that we get the privilege of being completely sold out to you. Thank you that you're showing us it's the only thing we were made for. It's the only thing we were made for. Yeah, being sold out in our spheres of influence with our unique giftings and character and personality. We thank you. We thank you that we get to do this with you. Yeah, thank you. Just want to pray one last thing. If you feel the fire of God come on you at any point in this, I just want you to lift your hand. You don't have to lift it high. I just want to see so that I can bless what God's doing. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you feel it, just lift your hand for a second. I bless, I bless what you're doing. I say more, God. I bless, 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 bless what you're doing. Thank you, Father. I say more fire. Add to the fire they already carry. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.